Turn with me if you have your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I want to bring to your attention a very familiar story, but one I feel the Lord has talked to me from today, and I pray that He will talk to you as well. 1 Samuel chapter 30, I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1. We'll read down through verse number 6. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city. And behold, it was burned with fire. and Their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. My subject tonight is encourage yourself. (laughs) Amen. Turn to somebody and tell them that. Encourage yourself. And you may be seated. Amen. Young man was born in Pennsylvania during the Confederate War. His name was Evan O'Neill Kane. His father was a major general in the Union Army and his mother was a medical doctor that was extremely rare to find a woman who was in the medical field. From his father, Evan inherited his valor, and from his mother, he inherited a love for medicine. He grew up in what was called the Gilded Age. It was a time in the late 1800s, the early 1900s, where great advancements were being made in science and industry and He went on to become one of the most innovative surgeons of his day. His life is almost like reading fiction because of the many experiments that he tried 
It became the fodder of medical journals and textbooks for years to come. In the early 1920s, he was convinced that too many surgical patients were being put to sleep under anesthesia uh, unnecessarily. And he believed that a local anesthesia would do the same thing and it would affect the same result. He thought that the hazards of general anesthesia was much greater than the medical field at that time even realized. But for any kind of surgery, minor or major, they had to put them completely under. And so he began to suggest to the medical community that there were surgeries that would be fine if they were done under local anesthesia. His opponents were many and they were extremely skeptical. And so he set out to prove his point. Up until that time, he had performed over 4,000 appendectomies. And he believed that an appendectomy was one surgery that could possibly be done under local anesthesia rather than being completely taken under. And so, as it had been done, it required a large incision and someone going under complete sedation. And so he decided that he was going to perform one under local anesthesia. And so he looked very diligently until he found his patient. And on February the 21st, 1921, the man was rolled into the operating room and with many other doctors looking on and a large medical staff to assist him under a local anesthetic. He cut through the man's skin down through the tissues and opened the stomach, found the appendix, removed it, sewed the man back up, and the man recovered without any complications. They were all amazed, to say the least, and this became a major breakthrough in the medical field that changed many of the surgical practices that are even done today. The interesting part of it all is that the patient that he operated on was Mr. Kane himself. Amen. He operated on himself. He took mirrors, and by watching those mirrors, he cut into his own body and removed his own appendix and sewed himself back up without any major complications. You know, it's great to have a good doctor that can work on you, but sometimes you've got to work on yourself. <laughs> it's great to have friends that can help you, and David had friends. He had one in particular by the name of Jonathan, who was a great friend, so much so that he is referred to in many close and intimate terms of friendship. And in 1 Samuel chapter 23 and verse 16, David was lost in a nerve storm, you could call it, and his faith 
was at the point of collapse. And the Bible said that Jonathan went to David and helped him find strength in God. It's priceless to have friends like that. And it's even more important when you have a doctor that can work on you. But again, I say sometimes you have to operate on yourself. David found himself in a very difficult situation. In our scripture text, he was under the utmost distress and he was in extreme danger of his life. His home had been burnt. His family had been taken into enemy hands and 600 men had turned their faces against him and were ready to stone him because of what had happened in their life. And all that David could do at that moment was encourage himself. He couldn't find a friend. He couldn't find anyone else that could help him. He had to do it for himself. And he did. I believe all of us need to know how to do that. I believe all of us need to understand that the secret to an overcomer's life is knowing how to operate on yourself from time to time and take out of yourself the poisonous attitude and the poisonous minds and the toxic thoughts that can put you in a bad place. We need to know how to encourage ourselves because we all need a little bit of encouragement every once in a while. We all need a little reassurance and a boost and an inspiration, and we need somebody that can reinforce and lift us up and give us support because life is complicated and life goes sideways sometimes and life unravels at moments when we are least expecting. One minute we're in the king's court and the next we're running for our life. And at this moment, David found it important that he knew how to encourage himself in the Lord. He talked to himself. You know, it doesn't hurt for you to do that. Amen. It doesn't hurt for you to talk to yourself. You need to know how to talk yourself back up. You need to know how to talk yourself back into the game. You need to know how to talk yourself out of a hole. You need to know how to talk yourself out of a funk that you fall into. You need to know how to talk to yourself in such a manner that can put you back on your feet and back in the place where you need to be in God. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, I've heard this preached a lot, but you know what? To my knowledge, I've never had anybody take the time to tell me how he did it. It's one thing for me to get up here and tell you that he encouraged himself and you need to know how to encourage yourself. But how do you do that? What does that entail? And how does that happen? I was talking to my brother today and he was telling me that the Jews believe that Psalm chapter 4 was written during this time. If you want to read something interesting, go read Psalm chapter 4 and you find it does correlate a lot of the thoughts that were going through his mind. But when I got to thinking about what did he do? How did David pick himself up 
and put himself back on his feet. How did David face that mass of men that were murderous and they were ready at any moment to take his life? How did he face that and not collapse and not give up and turn back and deny the Lord? I I believe that my brother hit on it Sunday night when he was preaching from Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse number 19 when Paul said that we are to speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And when I began to meditate on that today, I realized that that must be how David picked himself up and put himself back on his feet. He did what Paul was admonishing the New Testament church to do. And when he did, it put himself back in the place where he belonged. Three things. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Number one. Psalms, he reminded himself of the promises of God. Because the Psalms were written based upon the promises of God. The commitments that God had made to Israel. The things that God had assured them that He would do, that He would be, when He would show up, and how He would show up. And according to Jewish history, every festival they had, every prayer they prayed... They began their prayer by reminding God of the promises that He had made to them. And they rehearsed those promises before the Lord saying, God, this is what you said you were going to do. Now do that in our lives. And He 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 reminded God of those things. He reminded God of what He had promised that He would him that he would take care of of the things that he had assured him that he would take care of. This is what I found interesting. There are 3,573 promises in the Word of God. God's promises according to Numbers 23 and 19 are absolutely trustworthy. According to Psalms 110 and 4, they are unchanging. In Psalms or Isaiah 55 and 11, it said he has the power and will to fulfill his promise. In uh, in Joshua chapter 23 and 14, he said he is faithful in keeping all his promises. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3, he said his promises stem from his goodness and his glory. And in Genesis 22 and 15, God may confirm his promises with an oath. What David had to do was go back in his mind and remember what God had said. And I have a feeling these are some of the things that David must have rehearsed before the Lord that day. Genesis 18, 14. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Genesis 18, 25. The judge of all the earth will always do right. 
Genesis 6 and 7, the Lord took the Israelites as his own because they became their God and brought them out from under the yoke of the Egyptian or Exodus chapter 6 verse 7. Exodus 14 and 15, the Lord is faithful in his covenant promises and delivers his people through his powerful right hand. Exodus chapter 15 verse 11. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, wondrous in power? Exodus 15, 17. God brought his people in and planted them on the mountain of his inheritance. Exodus 33, 14. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I believe he went on to remind the Lord in Numbers chapter 11. The Lord said, if the Lord's arm too short, you will know. Now, you will now see whether or not what I say will come true to you. Exodus or Numbers chapter 23. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Doth he speak? And shall he not act? He goes on to remind him from Deuteronomy. The Lord your God has blessed you in the works of your hands. He has watched over your journey through the vast desert. These 40 years the Lord God has been with you and you have not lacked anything. In Deuteronomy 3.22, do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God will fight for I believe those are the things that David reminded God of and himself of that God keeps his promises to a thousand generations. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord and give him praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 He reminds himself. Everybody say he reminds himself. When you remind yourself, you are putting yourself in a place to get back on your feet. Nothing is too forsaken, nor is seed beg bread. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing shall be impossible with Him. This help I know comes from the Lord. This helps me to regain my perspective when I remember the things that he has said he would do. And he will keep his word to a thousand generations. When David encouraged himself in the Lord, he reminded God of his promises. And he rehearsed those promises in his own mind. I want to tell you how to get back on your feet. Quit wallowing in the mullet grub and start recalling the promises of God. Every one of them, name them one by one. God has been good to me. And God has taken care of me. Hallelujah. Amen. When you, rem- when you remind yourself of God's promises, it helps you to refocus. Amen. Everybody say refocus. You refocus from problems to promises. From the temporal to the eternal. From the situation at hand To the God who has all things in his hands. That's what 
remembering the promises. So when you sing the Psalms, you are singing the promises of God. I believe David rehearsed those promises before the Lord that day and he rehearsed them in his own mind. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg bread. I know I was once young. Now I'm old. I've never seen it happen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord leads me beside still water. He takes me into green pastures. He feeds me in the presence of mine enemy. He goes before me and he's behind me. He's ahead of me and he's behind me. He's above me. He's beneath me. Underneath of the everlasting arm. I'm just here to tell you that when you start remembering what God said he would do, it'll lift you up and put you back on your feet. Amen. Well, praise God. Wednesday night Bible study just got exciting. Amen. He encouraged himself in the Lord, remembering the promises of God. He encouraged himself in the Lord by remembering the hymns. Hymns were songs that were written about doctrine and biblical truths. They speak of who God is. They speak of His power. They speak of His glory. They speak of His majesty. They speak of His name, the Almighty. Not part mighty, but Almighty. What do you not understand about all? Amen. All your needs according to His riches in glory. He's able to take care of all of your needs according to His riches. Most high God. Most high God. Everlasting God. How? What do you not understand? What do I not understand about everlasting? I am the I am. I am the, the best translation of that phrase in the Old Testament is the God who makes things happen. Every time you read about an I am, you're reading about a God who makes things happen. He parts the Red Sea. He provides manna for four million Jews in a desert. He provides water out of a rock, a flinty rock on top of that. That's about as hard as you can get. It's harder than some heads that I know. And God could break that rock and cause it to spew forth water. Their shoes didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. They didn't have Walmart or Dillers to go in the desert. They had to get by on what they took with them. But God did some marvelous miracle. And he provided a means by which those clothes would never wear out. And I don't believe they were threadbare either. As a matter of fact, I feel like that when they walked into the promised land, they had to look just like they did when they walked out of Egypt. That's the preservative power of a God that I serve. That's the preservative power of the almighty God. Amen. The I am. You know the only difference between the Old Testament I am and the New Testament I am is the New Testament I am has a divine emphasis on it. It has the emphasis now. The God who makes things happen now. 
That's the New Testament God that we serve. He's a now God. He's not somewhere in the distance, but he walked in this place a little while ago and he dismissed sickness and he dismissed stress and he dismissed pain and said, go, you're not staying here any longer. Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody needs to encourage yourself a little bit tonight. God's still on the throne. He's the only one that occupies that throne. He's the mighty God. The Bible speaks of him rolling up his sleeve and bearing his arm. Amen. He's the father of lights. His character is that he is omnipotent. That means all powerful. He doesn't need anything because he is everything. He doesn't become, he is. We're trying to become, but God is. Amen. He is omnipresent. That means he's everywhere at one time. Amen. He's omniscient. Everybody say omniscient. He knows everything. Nothing's hid from God. The Bible speaks of him as being the only wise God. He is full of mercy. He is full of love. And when you begin to recall the facts, it'll drive out the fears. Amen. The fact is, he still reigns. The fact is, he's still in control. The fact is he sits on the circle of the earth. The fact is he is the only wise God. The facts are. And when you rehearse the facts, the fiction has to leave. And the fiction is you're not going to make it. The fiction is you're never going to get out of this. The fiction is you're not going to recover from this. The fiction is you've got yourself in a mess that you can't get yourself out of. I'm here to tell you, there's no mess you can get in that God can't get you out of. Hallelujah. Ah, yes. When you rehearse the remembrance of who God is, it will save you from just what is going on right now. Amen. I just have to do this. I didn't mean to get this excited, folks, but I'm just telling you. Psalm 100. And 45 begins a series of psalms that are powerful, 146 I mean. It begins the the praise psalm that close out the books of psalms. And this is what it says. I'm just going to read a little bit of each one of them. 146 says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have being. Put not your trust in princes, nor in the Son of Man, in whom there is no help. His breath goeth forth, he returneth to his earth. In that very day his thoughts perish. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God." which made heaven and earth, the seas and all that therein is, which keepeth truth forever. Psalms 147. Praise you the Lord. 
For it is good to sing praises unto our God. For it is pleasant and praise is comely. It beautifies. It makes me more attractive when I praise him. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcast of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He telleth the number of the stars. He calleth them all by their name. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. And on and on it goes. Psalms 148. He said, praise you the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in his heights. Praise him. Praise ye him all his angels. Praise ye him all his hosts. Praise ye him sun and moon. Praise him all you stars of light. Praise him you heavens of heaven. And you waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. Oh, it's good to know who made it all. It didn't come from GE and Whirlpool. It didn't come from Ford or Chrysler. It didn't come from Mercedes or whatever. It didn't come from IBM. But it came from the hand of the Almighty, the All-Wise, the Omnipotent One, the One that knows the beginning and the end and everything in between. Some of you worried about your refrigerator at home. You need to quit work. work. That, that's made to wear out, but God never wears out. You worried about what's in that refrigerator. Forget that. He, he can prepare a meal before you in the presence of your enemies and not use one thing out of your refrigerator. Uh, amen. Because he's almighty. Amen. He's almighty. Praise the Lord from the earth. You dragons and all deep fire and hail and snow and vapor, stormy winds fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flowing and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all the people, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. He also exalteth the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him. Praise you the Lord. Psalms 149. Praise you the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song. And his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. You need to thank God that you were made, that you were not an accident, that you were created by design, that God saw you when you were in your mother's inward part and he knew every member of your body. He knew the many hairs you would have and the many that you would lose and everything in between. He knew when they would turn gray. He knew everything about your days from the beginning until the end. And I'm here to tell you right Your days aren't going to end until God said it's over. So you might as well get up and say, you know what? I'm not dying in this dilemma. I'm not staying down any longer. I'm going to get on my feet and remember the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise you the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. 
praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organ. Praise Him upon the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. When you're down, I want to tell you the best way to find or to get back on is to get the book out and just start going through and reading every line, every jot, every tittle is true. Every word is faithful and it will be fulfilled. It will not return void. Amen. Praise God. Start from Genesis or jump in the middle of Psalms or Proverbs. Anywhere you go, you're going to find the assurance that God's on the throne. When you need encouragement... Read his word. Encourage yourself with the word of God. Number three, he encouraged himself with spiritual songs. Spiritual songs are songs of experience. One translation said, songs that the spirit has taught us. Amen. A song that only you can sing because only you know what God brought you through. But you can sing it Because God brought you through. Amen. You know how I know that? Because you're here tonight. If the enemy had had his way, you'd have been dead a long time ago. If the enemy had had his way, you'd be out on a bar stool somewhere. You'd be divorced tonight. Your kids would be all over. If the devil had his way tonight, some of you would be in a mental institution because you couldn't handle the pressure that life brought on you. But because God gave you an experience, God came to you in a prayer meeting. God came to you in a sick room. He came to you when you were against the wall and said, Lo, I am with you always. Even to the ends of the earth, you can lift up your head tonight and say, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because he lives tonight. Hallelujah. He encouraged himself with spiritual songs, the songs of his own personal experience, the things that he had already. I believe in that moment of time already experienced. You know what I believe David did? I believe in that moment of time. David took a trip back to a field and a bunch of sheep and he hears a noise and out of the bush comes this lion. He has nothing but his hands. He has nothing to defend with. But God delivered him, the lion, into his hand. And then the bear comes and he he manhandles the bear. He's better than David Crockett, folks. King of the wild frontier. Amen. And then Goliath shows up. Oh, big, bad, big mouth Goliath. Intimidating everybody. Everybody's cowering in their tents until David comes bebopping into camp. And he hears all those foul things that Goliath is saying about God and his people. And he said, what's wrong? Isn't somebody going to go fight this guy? Everybody's shaking their heads. No, 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 not me. No, 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 not me. David said, I'll go. And armed with a sling and five smooth stones. When you only need one, 
Now, there's a lot of conjectures about why he took five, but it really only took one. Amen. And Goliath comes down and he cuts his head off and they routed the Philistines that day. I believe when David was down on the ground and people were ready to stone him, he went back in his mind to that point and he remembered what God had already brought him out of. And he said, God, if you can bring me out of that, you can get me out of this. If you can save me from that, you can save me. You know what I really believe? I believe this. I believe the first thing that went through David's mind in that moment was, God, remember where you found me? I was the neglected son that my father didn't even want to own. He was the, I'm the son that my father didn't even recognize until Samuel stopped him and said, Hey, do you not have any more boys? And his dad said, Oh yeah, we got one. He's out in the field. We'll bring him here. And when he comes in, he anoints him. He said, God, I know where you brought me from. And if you could take care of me there, if you knew where I was then, you know where I am right now. And you're not going to leave me here. You're not going to leave me in this dilemma. Ah, yes. If God can found you back then, He can find you right now. Amen. And David encouraged himself in the Lord. It would do some of us good if we could get ourselves up on our feet and help ourselves. Quit waiting on somebody else to operate on you and just operate on yourself. Amen. You need to get rid of that toxic attitude. You need to get rid of that 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 infected thought life. Amen. God, you need to fill it full of the word. You need to fill it full of you need to get you need to go to your computer tonight, get online, go to Google, and just type in how many promises in the Word of God. You'll find somewhere it'll list every one of them. Print them off and put them in your Bible and take them everywhere you go. And every time you get your back against the wall, you break out those promises and say, God, I want to remind you what you said. I just want to remind you this is what you said. I want to remind you. God, go back on your word. This is the covenant and you're a covenant keeping God. You will not go back on your word. Amen. You need to take this book and you need to read it. You say, I don't feel anything. You don't need to feel anything. The Word's got power in itself. It doesn't need your help. Just read it. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. All you got to do is just open that book up and start reading that book and you'll read the truth of who He is. You'll read about the I Am. You'll read about the one who was and is and is. To come, you're going to read about the first and the last, the Father, the glory, the, glo- the, the goodness, the mercy. You'll read about all of those things in His Word. And when you read about them, you're reminded, that's my God. That's my God. That's the one I serve. He's the one I live for. He's not going to forsake me. He's not going to leave me here. He's not going to leave me alone. He's not going to let me die. Oh, yes. Amen. And he redirected his energy from panic to praise. I think some of you need to do that tonight. Amen. You need to remember who you serve. Amen. Mighty God.
Somebody say mighty God. Mighty God. I serve a mighty God. Amen. I serve the Prince of Peace. I serve the creator, the one that can speak worlds, trees, birds, fish, stars, and their orbit. And they've not deviated from it since he spoke them into their place. And they'll not leave there until he gives the word. Amen. That's pretty awesome. It just that you go read a little bit about our universe. How if our earth was one fraction of an inch closer to the sun, we'd burn up. And if it was a fraction of an inch away from the sun, we'd freeze to death. And for how many thousands of years, this place has been that same orbit. Now, we get hot sometimes. We think we're going to die. But it it's not that hot, folks. Huh? Amen. Because God put it all in its place. And if God knows how to put that in its place, he knows how to put you and me in our place. And there's not a hand that can raise against us that can keep us from that when God determines where we belong. Amen. You can put Daniel in the lion's den, but you're not going to take his influence away from where God put him in the Babylonian kingdom. Because God knows how to shut the mouth of a lion. I don't think Daniel had to go in there and fight lions that night. I think he walked right into that prison and laid down right beside them because they had a lockjaw. Amen. When those boys went into that furnace, what did they have to worry about? There was somebody else already in there. The fourth man. And you know what? When I read my Bible... There were only three that came out of it. That means the fourth one is still in the fire. So if you're in the fire tonight, you need to start looking around. That ain't the devil that's after you. That's God that's trying to remind you. I'm here. I can go with you through anything. I can take you through anything. You can live through any of your sin. Come on. Get up on your feet. Lift your head up a little bit and remind yourself of who it is you serve and the God that is on your side. And don't be discouraged by what's going on around you. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Amen, 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 amen. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. I am trusting in His love divine. Every promise in the book is mine. Amen. It's hard to be discouraged when you know what you know. It's hard to let the devil keep his foot on your throat. When you break open that word and you remind him, Oh, you don't have the, you don't have power over me. I have power over you. He gave me power over sickness. He gave me power over demons. Yeah. Yeah. In my name you shall cast out devils. Hear me tonight. I'm not afraid of that. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God, if God be for me, 
Who can be against me? I'm trying to help so you get back on your feet tonight. I'm trying to give you some tools so you can get yourself back on your feet. Amen. He encouraged himself in the Lord. He remembered the promises. He remembered the truth of God. He remembered the experiences that God had brought him through. And by doing so, he picked himself back up. Amen. I'm thankful there's a way to get back up tonight. Amen. Aren't you glad there's a way to get back up? Hallelujah. Oh, oh yeah. You know what? We don't know how to act when the Wednesday night is like this. We, we, we think this is Sunday night. This is supposed to be Sunday service. God wants to prove to you that He's just as powerful on an off night as He is on an on night. He's, he doesn't have off and on. He's on. He is light and there's no darkness in Him. <laughs> Not even a shadow of turning. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Woo! I thought I was going to have to have some help preaching tonight, but I think the Lord's talking to somebody right now. You need to break out the promises. Amen. You need to start remembering the promises. Every one of them. Name them. 3,537 of them. Say, that's my promise. That's my promise. That's my, why is that my problem? Because I'm one of his kids. Amen. I'm one of his kids and he keeps the covenant with his kids. Amen. He does. Praise God. He's not like the government. They make promises they can't keep. God never made a promise he can't keep. Woo! Hallelujah. I wish somebody would clap your hands to the Lord one more time and give Him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. I feel like we ought to sing a shouting song right now. Not a mully grub, not a woe is me. We sing a song about coming out, coming up. Amen. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Man, they've seen you down long enough. They've seen you discouraged long enough. God's bigger than your problem. Say that right now. God's bigger than my problem. God knows where I am right now. And if He can find me back then, He can find me right now. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. I just feel like rejoicing. My everything. Yes, He is. God God is is my everything. everything.